Hi, this is Dr. John Day. Welcome to the Dr. John Day Show. This is podcast number 82. Does iron increase your risk of a heart attack? Marcy was anemic and was tired all of the time. Her primary care physician had prescribed high doses of iron and had recommended eating more iron-rich meat to try to help her body make more blood so that she would no longer suffer from iron deficiency, anemia. Marcy, though, was worried about this treatment plant given her family history of heart disease. And so she came to me and wanted to know what should she do. In this podcast, we will explore the iron heart attack theory and what Marcy and you can do for optimal health. The iron conundrum. For years, cardiologists like me have wondered why women don't seem to get heart attacks prior to menopause. We used to think it was the estrogen that protected women, until more recent studies showed that supplemental estrogen may actually increase the risk of a heart attack or even a stroke. Could the answer as to why women get heart disease 10 years later than men simply be because their iron levels are much lower. It could be, so go with me on this one, it could be that these regular monthly periods may actually be a blessing for women by allowing them to get rid of extra iron through this monthly blood loss. To support this theory, studies show that women that have irregular or just occasional periods have a much higher risk of a heart attack. In men, regular blood donors, so this is how the men get rid of their extra blood and their extra iron, but in men, regular blood donors have an 88% lower risk of a heart attack. Let me just repeat that. I mean, this number is, is amazing. In men, regular blood donors have an 88% lower risk of a heart attack. Were physicians from the dark ages actually on to something with their practice of bloodletting. It appears that from these and other studies that those who regularly lose blood and iron, whether it's from monthly periods or blood donating, seem to be protected against heart disease. Why do we need iron? If people who regularly lose blood and iron are protected against heart attacks, Why do we worry so much about getting enough iron in our diet? Well, it turns out that we need oxygen to survive. Surprise, surprise. Our red blood cells carry all the oxygen we need to the rest of our body. If we don't have enough iron, then we won't make enough red blood cells and we could become anemic, like Marcy. Like with most things in life, there seems to be a sweet spot. Iron is no exception. Too much iron, and we are at risk of a heart attack from iron overload. On the opposite end of the spectrum, not enough iron, and we become anemic, which also puts us at risk of a heart attack. So who is at risk for iron deficiency? The main groups of people at risk for iron deficiency in the U.S. are menstruating women and young children. Approximately 10% of women and 15% of young children in the U.S. suffer from iron deficiency. People also with ongoing bleeding issues 
are also at risk for iron deficiency. In these people, they must focus on foods high in iron to avoid becoming anemic. Well, who is at risk for iron toxicity? At the opposite end of the spectrum is a genetic condition called hemochromatosis, which affects up to 5% of the population. These people hold on to iron and are at high risk of heart attacks, diabetes, and other conditions. In addition, even people without hemochromatosis, but yet have an iron overload state, are also at risk of heart attacks. For people with iron overload states, they must be very careful to minimize iron in their diets. Which foods are highest in iron? Would it surprise you that red meat is one of the highest sources of iron in the diet? Other forms of meat are also high in iron. With our meat-heavy diets in the U.S., our risk of iron deficiency anemia is much lower than most of the world. For us, it usually is not the lack of iron, but rather too much iron that may be the problem. Iron in food comes in two different forms. One is heme iron, which is a type of iron found in animal meat. Heme iron is easily absorbed by the body. The other form of iron, non-heme iron, is the type of iron found in plant-based foods. Non-heme iron is not absorbed as well from the gut. So plant-based foods, which are high in iron, and these include some vegetables like spinach, as well as legumes, nuts, and seeds. Interestingly, vitamin C can help you to absorb more iron from the gut, whereas foods high in calcium tend to block iron absorption. Could iron overload from excessive red meat cause heart attacks? Researchers are still not sure why studies have consistently shown that people who eat a lot of red meat and also processed meats seem to be at increased risk for heart attacks. Processed meats, if you're wondering what processed meats are, uh, some examples of processed meats include deli meats, hot dogs, pepperoni, sausage, etc. In the past, it was felt that it was the cholesterol and saturated fats in the red and processed meats which seemed to cause the increased risk of heart attacks. Now, as newer research has shown that dietary cholesterol and dietary saturated fats may not be as much of a problem for most people, researchers are now looking for other explanations as to why red and processed meat eaters are more likely to have heart attacks. One possible theory is due to an iron overload state. Studies have consistently shown that iron overload is clearly associated with heart attacks. So, with that in mind, the next question would be, how does excess iron cause heart attacks? Well, the answer, not that simple. It still is not clear how iron overload causes heart attacks. One theory is that iron is directly toxic to the inner layer of our, of our arteries. This theory is supported by a recent Japanese study which showed that by injecting iron intravenously into young healthy men, you could actually cause their arteries to constrict. In addition, the 
oxidative stress and basically rusting, which comes from excess iron, also causes plaque buildup within the arteries of the heart. Iron brain and Alzheimer's disease. Iron overload is not just dangerous to the heart, but it also can be dangerous to the brain. For example, iron overload states lead to iron accumulation in the brain. And if you get too much iron accumulation in the brain, that damages the hippocampus. And the hippocampus, that's the part of the brain where our memories are stored. Indeed, iron overload has now been implicated as a cause of Alzheimer's disease. Based on these studies, some researchers now recommend decreasing red meats, processed meats, as a measure to try to protect against Alzheimer's disease. What should Marcy do? In Marcy's case, as she had severe iron deficiency anemia, she needed to take iron supplements and increase her dietary sources of iron, of course, under the direction of her physician. Even though she had a family history of heart disease, severe iron deficiency anemia can also cause heart attacks. Why? Well, if you've got severe iron deficiency anemia, then you don't have as many red blood cells. If you don't have as many red blood cells, you're, you can't carry as much oxygen in your blood. And if the heart is not seeing enough oxygen, that can be dangerous. So once her anemia was corrected, her physician appropriately discontinued her iron supplements and she went back to her previous diet, which was more of a plant-based diet. Fortunately, her iron deficiency anemia has not returned. How to avoid heart attacks and dementia from iron overload? Iron overload is an increasingly recognized cause of heart attacks and dementia. To protect yourself from the risks of iron overload, let me suggest the following. So, three things here. Number one, get your iron and blood levels tested. Your doctor can order some simple blood tests to check your iron levels and to see if you are anemic or not. Based on this information, you can then adjust your diet, if needed, to keep your iron levels where they need to be for optimal health. Number two, minimize red and processed meats. If you are not menstruating or regularly donating blood, you may want to consider minimizing dietary iron by limiting red and processed meats. If your iron levels are too high or you suffer from hemochromatosis, then you will definitely want to really limit meat intake. Studies have not yet been done to see if the carnivores among us, and basically those are people who love meat with every meal, if they, carnivores I'm speaking about, can be protected by donating blood to lower their iron levels. In other words, have a big steak, donate blood. This is totally unproven, so I can't recommend this at all. But please work with your doctor to determine what the right amount of meat is for you based on your own individual iron levels and your own individual dietary iron needs. Number three, donate blood. If you are healthy enough to donate blood, then you may want to consider becoming a blood donor. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, studies show that blood donation decreases the risk of a heart attack by 88%. I mean, these numbers are amazing. It's hard to come up with any intervention that can decrease your risk of a heart attack by that such a huge magnitude as 88%. While blood donation 
will definitely decrease your iron levels. Other possible benefits of blood donation, which could account for that 88% reduced heart attack risk, could be lowering your blood viscosity, um, and then also the benefits that come from volunteering. Blood viscosity is a function of how well blood flows. The more red blood cells you have, the more blood tends to clump together, which could impede blood flow. Blood donors lower their blood viscosity by donating their red blood cells. Studies have shown that a lower blood viscosity is associated with a lower risk of a heart attack. There is also the possibility that much of the benefit, that 88% reduction in heart attack risk from blood donation, could be due to a volunteer effect. And when we talk about volunteering, unfortunately, only 27% of Americans, according to uh, surveys, give of themselves as volunteers. Those that do volunteer, they really do experience great benefits. For example, a recent meta-analysis, and a meta-analysis is a study where they bring all the manuscripts and studies that have been published on a subject and try to pool all the data together to come up with bigger numbers and stronger statistical correlations. But a meta-analysis of 40 studies showed that volunteers, and they defined a volunteer as somebody who gave at least 15 minutes of their time each week. These people, so volunteers, they lived 22% longer. Also, volunteers were much happier. If you are interested in experiencing the potentially uh, tremendous health benefits that come from becoming a blood donor and want to try to be part of that 88% who have decreased their, or not sorry, the part of the people, the 88% reduction in the heart attack risk, please speak with your physician to uh, make sure that blood donation would be safe for you and whether that would be something that would be good for you. So let me just bring up, uh, once again, a quick review of three things you can do to avoid iron overload and the potential risk of a heart attack or dementia from iron overload. Number one, get your iron and blood levels tested. Number two, minimize red and processed meats. And number three, donate blood. So what are you doing to keep your iron in the optimal range? I'd love to hear from you. Please go on to my website, drjohnday.com. This is uh, under number 82. Please leave me a comment. Also, if you are not yet subscribed to my newsletter, you'll love it. Sign up. We have exclusive content there, kind of a behind-the-scenes look. Also, if you'd be so kind, leave me a review on Stitcher, iTunes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Dr. John Day Show. Now is the time for you to live better. Go to drjohnday.com to sign up for Dr. Day's newsletter, daily success tools, and more. It's never too late to change.